Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. I want to give you an edge, a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. S-O-S. Structure. Organize. Simplify. I didn't really know what we were going to do here and how I was going to label this, what we're talking about. It's super important. And all the stuff that James and I are going to go over with you today are things that we really know and think are super important to do, but things that you really don't want to do. People put these things off. We keep running into people in their 50s and 60s who don't do some of these things, and they're super important. But what we want to do is help you kind of structure and organize and simplify certain areas around the big picture financial planning things. It's really around two main issues, digital life and estate planning and organizing around that and communicating about that both while you're here and also after you pass. So this is both a benefit for you and others. James, before we get into this, New Year's resolution, I bet you have not gone to bed after 9 o'clock once since we talked about this last, have you? Well, it was 9.30. Oh, 9.30, okay. But uh, I've, I'm probably, I'm going to use the baseball analogy to make myself feel better. Uh, I'm probably batting over 500. Oh my gosh, you're amazing then. So if that really, more if, than if half we, the time I'm in bed at 9.30, but definitely not every night. I'll that's actually that. good though. I think <laughs> so. the... I can't remember if I said that. Did I say this last time that the hard time is the weekends? Hard time is the weekends. You you feel like you've got that extra freedom, the more flexibility, and uh, yeah, you you don't want to really call it quits that early sometimes. No. Uh-uh. So, how about you? What uh, how's the how's the strongman routine going? Okay, so I'm I'm not kidding you. Like every single day. When I think about it, I think about this podcast and I think about how I'm going to have to be accountable to not just you, but to the entire audience. And I love it. <laughs> unfortunately, the account, it's not going so so well. <laughs> I mean, it is going. I would say on average, I probably do it not quite half the time. And I know I said you should at least do one and I probably should at least do one. But when I end up actually doing it, I'm like, I'm not going to do one push up. So I do 10 at a time. And I keep thinking, you know, I think uh, like so many things we all want to do, we got to create it in a form of like a uh, structure or habit and hat tip to Francesca. She just said she had heard that there's this term called layering, that if we can learn how to layer, like when we wake up in the morning, I hope all of you, I certainly do, will brush your teeth. Yep. And maybe some people will floss their teeth. I, I don't do that. I do it another time. But, you know, maybe if we can have the gumption, maybe I'm going to try to maybe do 10 push-ups or at least one push-up when I'm brushing my teeth. I, I have thought about that, but it's probably going to be a lot easier than just randomly thinking about doing that. Yeah, you associate it with another habit. What did you call it, Francesca? Layering, was it? Yeah. That's She's good. nodding right now. <laughs> As you guys know, she doesn't like to uh, be on, on well, the... Yeah. Here's the perfect example is, uh, I'll never forget, Simon Sinek said this. He talked about, speaking of brushing your teeth, 
he said, you know, the power of habits. And this is what we'll talk about today is with all this organization and, and, and getting it under control, right? So he talked about, he said, if you go to the dentist, the dentist is an extreme condition. They clean like crazy. You feel wonderful after. Uh, you typically dread going there, but you feel really good after, right? Well, he said, if you do that twice a year, your teeth will fall out. But if you brush your teeth twice a day, every single day, you will be fine. And so those little little habits that we keep talking about is, is power of this podcast, these little habits added up will make a big impact down the road. So uh, on that note, uh, we're going to talk about ways to organize your financial life. Yeah, really, that's right. And as I said before, just it's two two main ones we wanted to hit on. I think probably all of you in the the audience will probably be like, "Well, what about this? What about that?" And you're probably right. I mean, but we thought if we gave you these two uh, things to consider, set up, organize, structure, uh, it's going to go a long way both for you. It'll be one of those things that the analogy I draw is maybe uh, I can't remember if I said it here or not, but I've been saying it a lot lately. A few months ago, Catherine was like, you know what? I really like having the bed made every day. It just makes me feel good. And and this is a common theme I've heard that when you make a bed, it helps you kind of feel like you've done something positive and you know your your life is in good order in the beginning of the day and it's a good way to kind of get life started. And so this is uh, another way of like if you can get these things down, it's like making the bed. So the first one is your digital life. This is really something that people don't really think about or ponder uh, too new, much. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, give or take. But this digital life, everybody has a digital life now. I mean, almost everybody. I don't think my mom does because she is like refuses to even use email. But (laughs) almost everybody else has a digital life. And that encompasses a variety of things that we don't think about. We do for ourselves, but we don't think about if something would happen to us. Like, let's say we got COVID or got in a car accident and we couldn't function ourselves People are going to need to know how to take care of our digital life while while we're alive, even if it's just to pay bills or take care of something or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of those is the uh, the password manager. A lot of us have a password manager. If you don't, we highly encourage you to get one. It's, it's really a way to organize all of your usernames and passwords in a secure fashion. So if you have a password manager, does anyone know that master password? Uh, if not, that might be an issue, right? They need to pay your bills or take care of things. Uh, God forbid something were to happen to you. That is important to communicate, a pa- you know, those the password itself on that password manager. I don't think, uh, I, you know, if I think if we polled, you know, 100 people, there's not a lot of people that have a backup that know, right? I mean, I'm just going to, uh, you know, admit right here, I just asked you, James, and no one knows yours and no one knows mine. And Francesca, she said no one knows hers. I bet most people don't know. And and this is important. I mean, first of all, the password manager, if you don't have one, get one. I mean, there's really no reason not to unless you just love writing things down and making your life more complicated. I mean, I've been using it, pff, I don't know, at least 10 years and it's awesome, and it makes my life so much easier. It literally saves a lot of time. You don't have to, you don't have to write, you know, write it all in or type it all in, and you can create a different password for everything. It makes your life safer, but you really have to make sure somebody has that backup in case something happens to you. In fact, uh, just in doing this today, we have made the determination here at the company that we're not going to know each other's, but 
for example, Catherine, I'm going to let I'm going to let Catherine know what mine is so that way James and Francesca can know if something happens to me and they need to get into my stuff for work reasons that they will have it. And we're going to do that as a company right now going forward and and I encourage all of you to do that and have somebody as a backup. Yeah, good takeaway for us here. What other pieces of digital life? Well, social media. That's a big one. The power of social media, right? You know, when if you were to pass away, Who's going to take control of that? Who's going to communicate out, can close it down, whatever that might look like? There are actual ways in today's new age world, you can put these terms in the will. You can say, I want so-and-so to handle this, this, and this in my digital life. And I think that's a neat thing now, right? We also talk about, we talked about this just earlier, PayPal, Venmo. Those are assets if you have money in there. If nobody knows about them, they're going to probably go away. They're going to be, they call it a sheeted to the state. That's the worst thing in the world. So uh, anyways, putting those in a will, communicating uh, those those details to others too, that's, that will really help organize your digital life. Going so, so two things. So the reason this came out and why we're talking about it right now is... Uh, A few months ago, I came across an article on USA Today, and the name of the article is this. It's called, Don't Leave Grieving Relatives Searching for Your Passwords. Here's How to Organize Your Digital Life Before You Die. And so I was like, wow, that's intriguing. And I read through it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that all makes sense. And so, you know, James and I were like, man, we should really talk about this sometime in a podcast, that it's important. And then you know, we we kind of fleshed out a couple more things, but the article's great. We'll put the link of the article in our show notes so you can click on that and read through it. It'll just reiterate a lot of things we're talking about, why it's so important. Um, uh, the other thing is, is when you put in your will, like if you're, if you're doing a will and you really want to make sure you incorporate this, that's great. But one thing people can also do is, is like you said, put in addition to the will, it's called a codicil. And the definition of codicil is an addition or supplement that explains, modifies, or revokes a will or part of one. I have a story. So it wasn't regarding social media, but my cousin had me as the executor of his estate. And what he did was the last few months of his life, he was very sick and he had a friend that was very gracious to him and took him around brought him around to the doctors uh, from one place to the next. And he felt very uh, grateful. And he wanted to take care of his friend, which was great. His his will had said he was leaving two-thirds of his money to his daughter and one-third to his sister. And nowhere in there was he set up to take care of his friend. But it, near the end, he thought, you know, I really, really would like my friend to have th- my collection of silver coins and I, I don't really know exactly what they were worth, but it was at least 500 to a couple thousand dollars of silver coins, which was really nice. So he called me uh, from his the hospital room. He had passed a couple days later, and he said, I really want this taken care of. So what I did was I set up a codicil. I wrote a letter uh, that he signed, and, was, uh, and then that was connected with the will. And then his friend ended up getting the silver coins, which was great. And so that can be done for lots of different things. Uh, especially when it comes to this. We're going to also have a template in there that you can use as a rough draft if you want to be able to connect it to your will to put this in there. We just think this is a super important thing 
to do. And you can do it for the social media or digital or whatever, but you can also do it for any other things. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to redo your whole will just to do this. Yeah, it's basically an amendment, right? Amendment to the uh, the, the current will. Uh, you don't have to redo the whole thing and, and pay all that extra money. So that's that's a great tip. Right. So once once the digital life, you know, you kind of got this figured out and hopefully you get the password manager and let somebody else know the master and you, you figure out social media presence, how to shut those down and all that, give somebody permission for that. Where should we keep all this stuff? So the first way is all, all the physical documents, what, what to do with these physical documents. What we recommend is, is put that in a safe uh, at, at your house. $30, $40 on Amazon, you can get a very effective safe. Uh, instead of putting it in the drawer when your home burns down, you regret it, safe is a, safe is a good route. If you want to go even further, you can, you can call your bank. They have safety deposit box options. Uh, you pay a monthly charge, probably five, 10 bucks a month, somewhere in that range, depending on how important of a client you are, I'm guessing. But that's another way to keep that safe and secure. And it, when you put that in there, make sure, again, just like with the password manager and everything else, that you communicate the code to those that are important to you so they know how to access it. The digital life. Digital vaults are, are a big deal now. In our new age, digital vaults help you put all the, these documents electronically. For example, the clients that work with us, we have a very secure digital vault. They put everything in there. We know about it. We know what to do, God forbid. If you don't work with an advisor, obtain one. Uh, you know, find, a, find a way to securely online put these documents and, and know what to do with them who should be involved right away. So it just keeps life organized. And I think we all like that that good feeling of organization. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about these documents a little bit more in detail. So estate planning documents, these basically make up three main types of documents, wills, trusts, power of attorney. What do I mean by these? So everybody's heard, familiar with, somewhat knows the idea of a will, but I'm going to read that since I already read the codicil before. A will is a legal declaration of a person's wishes regarding the disposal of his or her property or estate after death. So a will will help facilitate everything. A trust is similar to a will. The difference between the two in some ways is that a trust, if assets are in a trust, like if you have a house or investments or things that can have, can be held in a particular way, it can be inside of a trust. And what that does is the trust document allows those assets to be bypassed the will. It is preferable, if possible, sometimes to not necessarily use a will. The reason is because it has to go through probate, has to go through the court system, the probate court system. That can take up up to a year and a half, two years sometimes for um, assets to flow that way. And it can create kind of problems sometimes for uh, the executor and the people who are the heirs. They don't get the money as quickly. The trust documents also allow things to just happen and flow immediately. So sometimes people will set up trusts in order to make life a lot easier. And also sometimes if they're Overall, estate is a little more complicated. The trust can give you more flexibility on how to distribute the assets or put them in another trust or things of that nature. I'm not going to go into major detail on estate planning right now, but these documents are all those documents that James was mentioning. The last one 
is power of attorney documents. These are documents that will give somebody the ability to act on someone else's behalf while they're still alive. For example, a client of mine who passed away around a year ago, before that was getting sick, had to go into the hospital, had to go into a nursing home, needed someone to act on her behalf. I ended up doing that for her because she was a friend as well. That document gave me the permission to do that. If you do not have that in place, life becomes extremely complicated and difficult, even for a spouse sometimes, to act on another spouse's behalf. This is a super important document to have. Everybody should have one. Once you become an adult, you should have one. Your parents, if you're single, your parents or a friend or someone needs to be able to act on your behalf. So those are, those are what we're referencing when we talk about all of these documents. In addition to that, James, what about beneficiaries on stuff? Yeah, so the, the, the word you use there that many of you listening will cringe at is probate. Yeah, right. We, probate is just such a bad word. It takes forever. It comes with extra costs. We don't know what's going on. We hate, we if they even know what it is, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And so how do we avoid probate, right? The simplest answer is every single financial account that you have, make sure there's a beneficiary attached to it that bypasses any other area of estate planning and immediately that account goes to the right people that you want. It gives you more control, gives protection. Those accounts avoid probate. So definitely take a look at those. We've talked about this in the past too with make sure they're updated to the right people because life changes. Uh, you get divorced, you get married, you have kids. All those beneficiaries might need to be changed accordingly. So, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention as you were explaining all these different areas is, is yes, power of attorney. There's two types. There's a healthcare power of attorney and a financial power of attorney, those two people might be different. You're on, you're on in the hospital, on the bed, you, you need a healthcare power of attorney to sign on your behalf if you want that to happen versus, you know, you are at your house and, and you're incompetent and unable to pay the bills. You need a financial power of attorney to handle that. So paying attention to those two. But the final point, for the sake of overcomplicating this, if you don't have a will, do you need one? Oh, it's for sure. You need one. The reason is because you will leave a huge headache and mess to whoever, um, no matter what age you are, if you don't have a will, you're going to leave whoever takes over. What, ha what happens now if you don't have a will is the state that you live in determines how your estate will be distributed. Do you want to give up that control? I don't. Well, I mean, for example, now a lot of times what it does is the, each state says, you know, if you pass away and you're an adult, then so much goes to your siblings, so much goes to your parents, et cetera, et cetera. And it's usually distributed in a way that you don't want it to happen. I mean, let's say you own, you know, money in a bank, you have checking and a savings account. All of that gets distributed according to how the government or, you know, the state of Illinois or whatever state you're in. I mean, it really is... Uh, it really is not good. So it's super important to have a will once you're an adult, especially when you're married, especially when you have kids. I mean, it gets more and more complicated. The other thing I need to point out is this: when I talked earlier about doing that codicil regarding the silver coins, that same gentleman, what happened was he, I had had him get a will. He had never gotten one. He was probably like 60, 65 years old when I first had him get one. So it was way too, you know, way later than he should have. But I had him get one. And then later on, his brother passed. 
And he realized, I want to redistribute things. His daughter, it was more and more part of his life. He wanted her to get more. So we redid the will. We did a new one that took place of the old will. Well, there was a problem. He passed away. I went into his condominium. I couldn't find it. I found the old will and not the new one. At that point in time, I did not know this, but a copy of the will you cannot use in court. It has to be the original will. For trust documents, it's okay having copies. It's preferable to have the originals, but the original will is necessary and needed in order to facilitate things. I did not know this. This became a huge problem. So what, what basically looked like it was going to play out, and we were going to try to contest in the courts, is we they were going to make us distribute the money in his original way, not, not the other way. On the last day when I was going to go and see a special attorney we were going to hire to try to see if we could use the copy of the will, I decided for like the seventh time to go and check. And I went to his condo, wasn't there. I checked his car again, which wasn't there. I decided, you know what, I'm going to pop the trunk. I pop the trunk. I look in there. It's it's all full of mess. And he's got some golf clubs in there. And he hadn't golfed in like five years because he just physically he couldn't anymore. And I was like, I'll just check. I literally go inside. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I go inside of the golf clubs. In the, in, the, in the bag, golf bag, there was the will. I couldn't believe it. It was the biggest relief I had ever had. And so I didn't have to worry and mess around with it. But now I tell everybody, make sure that original will is stored in a place where somebody can get it. Wow, talking about talk about finding a needle in a haystack. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, I was so worried about it, but it ended up working out great. So, so. I think our takeaway is we should have recorded this 10 years ago. He listens to it. You wouldn't have had that headache. It wouldn't have been in the trunk. It would have been in either a safety deposit box or a safe. Yeah, I would have just asked him. And I mentioned this to all the clients now. Make sure... Whoever's taking this over will know this. People will know where it's at. It's super important. Yeah. So uh, wills, trusts, power of attorneys, all those documents, keep them organized. And of course, double check all your beneficiaries. What some of our clients do actually is they print out the beneficiary forms filled out. Include that in the documents. It's not an official document, of course, from you know the legal standpoint. It's just those companies have it on file. But it's uh, you know that application that you can print out to communicate. So quick tip. Final tip on this organizational thought from one of our clients. He shared with us what he actually ended up doing to help alleviate some of the burden for his heirs is he prepaid the funeral costs for himself and his wife. Yeah, I had heard of this and I know people do this. You know, we never really talked to people about this much, but, you know, Chris, we really appreciate it. And it's so true. We're now saying it to everybody. Consider doing this. I realize, you know, some people might feel uncomfortable. My parents have actually done this as well. And it's going to make, you know, our lives a lot easier. I mean, if anybody's had to settle in a state and had to pay for and do and take care of all of these things, you're just not in the right frame of mind. It's hard. And so what you do is you just make it a lot easier on everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for the thought, uh, definitely. And uh, we want to share that with everyone else if you want to make life easier those heirs. Plus, you can pick which funeral you want to, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you control everything. You, you make, it, make it pay for it. You can control it. Life's just so much easier. Yeah. So when it comes to all these things, a super big key is, is, is communicating this. There's going to be people that 
are going to be your power of attorneys while you're alive. There's going, to, there's going to be an executor. Usually the person who's the executor of your will is most often also the successor trustee, the person who's going to take care of your trust, usually because they kind of handle and do the same things. So there's really two ways you can handle this. You know, if you feel comfortable, I strongly encourage you to let those people know who they are. You know, a lot of times when we work with couples, they're like, oh, my one, you know, I have three kids or four kids. Well, you know, there's always kind of the responsible one. I mean, not that all your kids aren't responsible, but some are more responsible than others or would take more of a liking to this. You, you, it was really good if you can let them know and communicate that to them ahead of time. So they know how to handle this. They know where to go. They know what to do and make it a lot easier on them so they're not digging and digging and digging like I had to do with this one guy. And part of it was my fault because I just hadn't, you know, checked with him on where do you keep this. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about sports analogies like I always do, right? I think about creating a strategy for the game. Super Bowl is coming up, right? You think of the strategy to stop Patrick Mahomes and then you don't communicate good that luck to with your, that yeah first off good luck <laughs> but secondly you, you come up with a your defensive corner and then you just don't communicate that to your team right so they right, you right. have it you have it on paper I, everything's set to go but i haven't told my team what to do how to how to attack right and so it's the same type of thing here you you create all these documents you sign off on them you organize them but then you don't tell anybody about it it, it defeats the purpose right so, yeah, I think well said. Option one, tell them right away. Option two, for those uh, that want to go this route, make sure they know after you pass away, if you don't want to tell them immediately, make sure after you pass away, they know exactly where to go, these people, and how to, how to act, right? So if you have, have a set list of to-do list items, options, whatever the case may be, make sure that, God forbid, something were to happen, everything's going to execute, and the, those involved will will do that for you. Yeah, I I really encourage you to at least let people know that if they're going to be the executor and or power of attorney or, uh, you know, successor trustee, just let them know, hey, you're going to be that person. And when that time comes, go here. You know, you may not want to tell them much more. I mean, the more you can tell them while you're alive, the better, because they can facilitate it in the way exactly you want it, unless you spell it all out. But in option two, at least if you if you feel comfortable, at least let them know, like, go find it here. Um, in fact, you know, out of this, we've decided, uh, we, when we've been helping people over the years, we've decided now to create a sheet that has a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, like a checklist sheet that you can write on there. We are going to start doing that for all of our clients, and we're going to provide that sheet in the show notes for you as well. So I know this has been, you know, a podcast that has a lot of a link and sheets and this, but you know, these are some really helpful things that if you all use this stuff, it'll it'll be like when you're done making your bed and you're like, oh, got that done, got it all taken care of. You can move on. You know, this isn't the kind of thing you have to worry about all the time. But if you can get this stuff taken care of, it'll make your life a lot easier it'll make everybody else's life a lot easier. So with that being said, I think my brain hurts with all these different terminologies and what have you. So Ed, let's, uh, let's talk about some food. Oh my gosh. You know, when you said that today, I hadn't thought about it and something popped in my head and it was a meal I have not had in a long time. In fact, we're going to order it today. I just realized it. I, I, I haven't had it in so long. And the reason is we can't go there and have it, but there is a Thai place in downtown Glen Ellen called Tippy Thai. And I love Thai Catchy. food. Yeah. 
I love Thai food and it's, it's, you know, Thai restaurants aren't shishi or high end or whatever. Most of them are very basic, but this one's actually, uh, you know, as Thai restaurants go a pretty nice Thai restaurant. When you, when you walk in, there's some really cool carvings and all that. I have only had one meal there ever. All the times I've ever been there, I've had one meal and it's a meal called noodles on fire. And while it's spicy, it's not like crazy spicy because I don't like I don't like food that's like crazy spicy, but I like spicy. And I always get what's called beef on fire, but you can get to- tofu on fire or chicken on fire. It's this lo mein noodle, pineapples, I think peas, and it just has this spice to it. My mouth's watering right now just talking to you about it. I'm not kidding you. And and we were going to order Thai, right? And we normally order from one place. But today, we got to order from that one. When you brought that up, that popped in my head, and I have to have it. So I encourage you to go to Tippy Thai. And uh, if you like spicy food, you better you better get it. I'm in. Well, we're going to have it. Sounds like an That's hour right. And a half. Yeah, we're going to have it in a little bit. <laughs> That's so. great. Yep. Yeah, my daughter was supposed to come and pick up Thai food, but she told me that she's actually working earlier than she thought. So we're going to end up getting this. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. And we hope you do as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. I have been slapped on my hand one too many times by my compliance attorney. This is to put me in good standing. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.